Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome. Uh, it's great to have you all here. Uh, thank you for joining me for this uh, very special how-to session from Just Crypto. Uh, as you all know, uh, Just Crypto uh, is a podcast and YouTube show where we interview uh, creators, builders, and artists from the crypto community with the intention to lift up the humanity uh, in our community and those driving it forward. Uh, we're also starting a new segment. Uh, today is the first episode of those of kind of how-tos. It'll be a very uh, you know concise how-to on a particular topic that we'll cover. Um, and today's topic that we're going to be talking about is how to get started with uh, Elrond um, NFTs. So I am going to uh, go ahead and share my screen. We've got a little bit of a presentation here as well for you all. Great. And, you know, for folks who are joining us live, we will also be taking a couple questions as we go. Um, this is you know, your time to ask anything that you would like about NFTs in general or Elrond in particular, and I'll try and answer it to the best of my ability. Welcome, Cla. Um, Great. So let's go ahead and get started. So you may have heard of Elrond. You may have heard of NFTs. If you've heard of neither of those two things, uh, that's okay. This is the presentation for you. Um, you know, I'd encourage you as uh, if you enjoy any of this content, please like, subscribe, do all the YouTube things. Uh, we're just getting started and very much appreciate your support. Um, so Elrond NFTs. Before we get started, we have to have a disclaimer. So anything I say here uh, is just education and entertainment. None of it is financial advice. Um, none of it represent the uh, opinions of uh, my employer. They're all strictly my own opinions. I strongly encourage you, especially with uh, NFT projects, to do your own research. Um, this is a space that there's uh, lots of opportunity, but also, you know, lots of potential risks. So please take that um, for yourself and take that ownership yourself of making your own financial decisions. So as we jump into it, what is Elrond? So it, it's not one of necessarily the most uh, widely visible blockchains, as some of you may be unfamiliar with it. Elrond is a high transaction per second layer one smart contract platform. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, basically, this means that you can run smart contracts very similar to Ethereum. Um, but unlike Ethereum, it has a very high transaction uh, per second. So that allows you to do many, many transactions more without necessarily paying the same amount of gas fee or incurring some of those similar delays. Um, so this might be more similar to chains like Avalanche or Solana, which also have a very high transaction per second on the kind of base L1. It is a proof of stake consensus. So in contrast to a Bitcoin, which is proof of work, um, Ethereum, which is currently proof of work. It's more similar um, in the consensus mechanism to other proof of stake chains. It's very scalable. Uh, it's decentralized with more than 3,000, uh, I think it's 3,200 right now, staking pools. And the transaction fees are very, very low. We're talking order of cents here to do a transaction. So when you compare this to a chain like Ethereum, where you might have hundreds of dollars to even thousands of dollars to do a transaction, uh, that's something that really stands out about the Elrond experience. And it's got the best in class user experience of any blockchain that I've used, and I've used many. Um, the applications that uh, Elrond has primarily developed by the team themselves. They have the Meyer app for iOS and for Android. Uh, they also have an Elrond wallet. They've got a web wallet that you can find on Elrond.com. And this is one way to start getting involved in their ecosystem. Uh, their native token, token or currency, actually it's a coin, is called uh, eGold. And you can find eGold if you're in the US in a couple places. Uh, you can find it on Binance. Um, I believe you can also find it on crypto.com. 
and KuCoin should have it as well. And there's probably a few more places if you're international. Um, if you'd like to go through their app, you can also purchase eGold through their app as well. So that's a way to go ahead and get started through all of this. What's an NFT? I'm going to throw a lot of things at you as far as NFTs, the risk, the um, assets themselves. But really at the highest level, an NFT, a non-fungible token, is verifiable proof of ownership for a unique digital asset. So let's unpack that a little bit. Uh, verifiable in the extent that because the blockchain is public and transparent, anyone can verify that you own it. They can look at the blockchain, they can see that this is your wallet, um, and they can use cryptography to prove that you own the wallet as well. So it is proof of ownership. You can prove that you own a particular digital asset. And it's unique because each NFT itself is unique. And we'll get into a little more fungible and non-fungible, but basically uh, you could almost think of one Bitcoin is the same as any other Bitcoin, but an NFT is different from another NFT and there's various ways that this is represented. So what is an NFT? The first concept that's worth understanding is what I just mentioned, this difference between non-fungible versus fungible. Fungible means any other ones like another one. Non-fungible means it's unique. So if you think about it, uh, my, my pets, I, I have two golden retrievers and they're the love of my life. I, I love my babies. Uh, they're non-fungible. Even if you gave me another dog, it would not be the same. I would not uh, treat that dog with necessarily the same amount of value uh, that I place to my dogs because they're different. They're non-fungible. They're unique. Um, and so in this way, uh, NFTs are also unique. You can see here, this is uh, Alrond Apes, one of the premier projects, uh, NFT projects on Alrond. Um, this one, number 156, is unique from number 157 and 158 and on and on and on. Um, they're a proof of ownership of the digital asset themselves. So you actually have in your wallet proof of ownership. A lot of people like to laugh and say, you're just buying JPEGs. That's all you're buying. And I can go ahead and I can right click save on this thing. And I've got your NFT. Well, that's not really what you have. You might have the JPEG or the video or whatever asset that the um, particular NFT is proving that you own, but you do not have that proof of ownership. That proof of ownership is cryptographically linked to the person's wallet who has that NFT. And no matter how many times you copy it uh, with right-click save, you will never have that NFT unless you go and you purchase it from them or somehow get them to transfer it to you. And so that's something that's very unique that we haven't really had that same proof of ownership of a unique digital asset uh, up until now in the same uh, extent that we do. Um, typically in the past, any, any bits that you had could be copied. Uh, and this is unique in that you can't do that. Um, it's not really just a JPEG. So we like to laugh and joke that we're spending all our money on JPEGs. And while they might look fine, you know, that's great. But you're not buying a JPEG. What you're buying into is all the benefits of the particular project behind it. So a couple examples here might be uh, whitelists for various uh, events, whitelists for new NFT drops. Uh, you might be uh, eligible for various airdrops of different rewards that are happening. <laughs> Call me center. Yes, right-click save. Um, and yeah, and so if you right-click save, all these other benefits that I'm talking about, you don't get any of them. Uh, there are projects um, on Arond and Ethereum and many other chains 
that also support earning from your NFTs. So you can stake your NFTs and earn some sort of passive reward, uh, either in the native currency or what's very common in Elrond is to earn something called LKMAX, which is the uh, decentralized exchange token for Elrond. And so that's a nice thing that some of the uh, NFT artists and creators like to share with folks who support their project. But broaden the way you think about NFTs. It's not just art or music. Really, if you go back to ownership and you're proving that you have ownership of a digital asset, this could be used for just about anything. Let me see if I can get myself out the way there. There we go. So you can see the bottom of the slide. So, for example, it could be used for identity because you can prove that you have this ownership. Uh, unlike a Google ID or a Facebook login that you have across the internet, those are controlled by Google or Facebook. And so you don't have ownership over it, even though it's your account. But if a particular website were to use an NFT in order to grant access to it, that's something that you can prove your identity to that site in a way that you actually own that identity. Uh, access is another really interesting one. So there's a few places right now within the crypto ecosystem where you can log in, uh, for example, using your MetaMask wallet. And I'll show you a couple examples here uh, where you can log in using uh, your Myr app as well into different websites. And it hasn't yet permeated across the internet. So it's very limited to crypto right now. But there have been a few places that have actually integrated within some of the smart locks for a home. So you, by holding an NFT in your wallet, that grants you access to enter the premises. And I thought that was just a really neat way of taking that digital ownership to the next level and actually bridging the gap between digital and, and physical ownership. Uh, so that's an NFT. It's, it's a lot more than a JPEG, uh, and it's not actually a JPEG. It's that digital ownership. So if you're considering jumping in to NFTs, there's a couple of concepts that I think are really important for you to understand. Um, the first one is, is the difference between uh, real ownership versus ownership via smart contracts. And as we talk about the benefit of Alrond, and there's a couple other uh, blockchains that, that do this as well, over Ethereum, on Alrond, NFTs are native assets. They're a native part of the blockchain, supported natively without any smart contracts. On Ethereum, Ethereum was built before the idea of NFTs was really commonplace. And so in order to do NFTs on Ethereum, you need to write a smart contract. Now, that's all well and fine. You can do that securely. You can do that safely. But a lot of the projects don't have the expertise or the level of auditability. The technology is so new that it is not done safely. And so you're exposing yourself to additional risk by choosing uh, to hold your NFTs on Ethereum. You're exposing yourself to smart contract risk. Um, and it gets a little worse than that because there's been a, a lot of hacks. And as I talk about risks here, I'll talk a little bit about it too. Uh, a lot of hacks on Ethereum where someone will send you an NFT. Because every NFT requires you on Ethereum to engage with a smart contract, you're potentially exposing your entire wallet to being compromised. Because the smart contract could request, for example, that all your NFTs are transferred to a particular address. And if you're not careful and you don't watch that screen that's asking for approval very closely, you could lose everything. Um, and so that particular problem, to the best of my knowledge, is not an issue on Elrond because you have real, true ownership of the NFTs. The second concept that's important to understand is NFT mints, which is the first time that it is created on the blockchain. You'll often see a, a lot of 
a fervor and excitement and hype around the new mint. I know a couple that we had recently, uh, drifters in the Elrond ecosystem, there were a lot of people very excited about it, Elrond apes as well. I think we just got through the, um, the uh, Metabricks is coming up on Monday. And so there's a couple new, and I'm going to show you one of my favorite projects today and dive in and mint one live here for you as well. So this is really the primary market. You're purchasing it from the folks who created the NFT. Uh, and the neat thing about minting an NFT is there's a chance to get one that's rare. So what's rare? Uh, NFTs come along with a number of different characteristics. So you can see in this Nogon here, uh, you know, this particular one that's got certain color horns, um, it's got a particular color skin and scales on it, but it also has metadata that's associated with it. So in the Nogon community, uh, power is something that's different for each different Nogon. And power will give you different rewards as you use it. So that's a, a property of the NFT that makes it more rare. And by minting it when they first start, you have a chance of getting some of those rare ones at the price of mint. So the price of mints normally set the same for everyone. Everyone has an equal chance to get involved at that particular price. Within the all-around ecosystem, I've seen prices from you know, 0.4 uh, e-gold all the way up to uh, you know, 1, even 1.5, 1.7, depending on the project. Um, if you think about the actual price of that in comparison to uh, something like uh, Ethereum, where Ethereum, you could potentially be spending tens of thousands of dollars on the mint price. It, it's very, very accessible for folks to get in at mint. So if you're not buying it on mint, the place you're buying an NFT is the secondary market. And I'll show you a couple examples of secondary markets here, but the secondary market is essentially a place where other people have purchased it on mint or have purchased it on the secondary market themselves and are offering it for sale. Typically, there are websites that will mediate this exchange. One of the very popular ones on Elrond is Dead Rare at deadrare.io. Um, this is a place you can browse through all the projects and you know, see what they're all about. On the secondary market, a concept that's really interesting and, and important to understand is floor price. Floor price, price typically refers to the lowest price of an, an individual NFT in a particular series. So for Nogons, for example, the floor price for the longest time was around five e-gold. I believe the mint for Nogons was 0.4 e-gold. So that would indicate that if you were able to sell your NFT, you could make potentially a fairly large profit. However, the floor price for very rare uh, Nogons, ones with the rare unicorn horn, uh, can be on the order of 20, 30, 40 e-gold. So that's the game you play when you mint in, um, in the primary sale of NFTs is you have the opportunity to get some of those rare ones where the floor price for those characteristics could be a lot higher. Okay, so what are the risks here? <laughs> First, let me say that investing in NFTs, if you're approaching this with an investor's mindset, is extremely risky. Uh, more so than crypto, more so than equities, more so than many other investments that you're going to make. So be very, very cautious here. A couple of the risks to be aware of. First is price. There's no guarantee that the price you purchased the NFT from the secondary market or the price you minted at that will be held as time goes by. So you need to uh, make sure that you're choosing good projects, ones that will show some price appreciation as they go. The second thing that you need to be aware of is liquidity. And just because there is a secondary marketplace and there are uh, NFTs being sold, it doesn't mean that your NFT will be sold. Again, NFTs are unique. They're not like Bitcoin where one Bitcoin is 
just like another Bitcoin and you can transfer it in. So you really need to wait for someone to want your particular NFT. Maybe you got lucky, you've got a beautiful one or a rare one or in some way a desirable NFT, you'll be able to sell it quickly. Uh, maybe you got unlucky and you've got one where the characteristics of the NFT just aren't desirable for folks. Um, and so you might struggle to sell it. So just know that liquidity is a challenge. Often in some of the NFT projects, and you've seen this a lot on Ethereum, where people will trade back and forth their own NFTs from wallets that they own. So the sales figures that you see could be inflated. Often this takes you know, a fair amount of digging to find out. Um, and it's beyond the scope of what we're going to talk about today. But that's something to be aware of as we go and start looking at some of these secondary marketplaces. You'll see that some of them are potentially inflated. Hey, South Padre, Padre Tony, it's good to, good to have you on board here. Um, the next uh, risk, which is in all of crypto, um, essentially is rug pulls. This often happens when the team themselves haven't revealed themselves. They don't have a very you know, strong community. They haven't built uh, that, that level of trust. And you'll go and you'll mint a bunch of NFTs and then the team will pack up shop and disappear, delete their Discord channels, delete their Twitter, and you're left holding, you've still got the NFT. They can't take the NFT away from you. But any value from the project that was to come from it is gone. Um, and so that's a, a place that uh, you just need to be cautious. Um, generally, some of the projects that have people who have shown their face, who you know who they are, it's less likely that they'll just pack up and leave because their reputation is on the line as well. And then the last thing to be aware of, and there's, there's likely many more risks here as well, but the last primary risk is to look at fraud on the secondary market. Often this will look like someone offers what looks like an NFT on the secondary market, but it's not actually from that collection. So since anyone's able to mint an NFT, they could mint something that looked like a Nogon or looked like a Bored Ape, but it's not from that co collection. Um, and if you purchased it from them, either on the secondary market or peer-to-peer, -peer, uh, you're left with essentially just a useless JPEG at that point because you have proof of ownership of a digital asset that is not the primary digital asset tied to that community. So be very careful. Most of the markets tend to have a verified collection. If your collection is verified, then that's a great way to know that it's more than likely the actual collection from the actual artists. Another place to look for that is in the team's Discord, the team's Twitter. Uh, there'll be where there have been situations where the Discord or the Twitter has been hacked and false links have been posted. So just be on the lookout for that. Be cautious as you go through uh, and invest in NFTs. So how do you evaluate an NFT project? Uh, you know, I'll say I'm definitely no deep expert on this. You know, NFTs haven't been around, I think, long enough for anyone to truly be an expert. And there's a lot of speculation as to uh, will NFTs continue to grow and hold their value into the future? No one knows, really. The best you can do is to try and evaluate a project on a couple different axes. The first of which is the team. I mentioned already, has the team revealed themselves? Do you have a, a, a set of folks that you can point to a, a profile somewhere, a photo, a video, or an interview they've done? Uh, and how trustworthy do you think this team is? Do they have the set of expertise that are needed in order to push forward an NFT project? Have they done this before? Do they have a diverse set of fields that they're coming from? Uh, one of the projects that I really like is called the Faceless Many. And they, for me, are, are one of the places that absolutely nail the team aspect of it. Um, they're visible. Quite a few of their team members have doxxed themselves. Uh, they've got a lot of different skills um, across the team from you know, folks deep into lore and, and writing to artists and, and developers. 
Uh, and so they're building that team with skills that are complementary to each other. The second place to look is what is the community like? Because without a community, an NFT project is more than likely going to fail. Some ways you can look for this uh, is to look at the idea of you know, how many followers do they have on Discord or Twitter? That, that's the most basic thing you should look at, but be aware those numbers can be pumped up. Um, they can have bots, they can have secondary accounts. Um, I see here, uh, Call Me Sanders says, you missed the faceless many. Uh, there's still some that are, you know, available. Uh, so definitely I'd say if you're interested in them, uh, secondary markets there for you. They've just released a really awesome experience with their uh, marketplace and rev points earning. Um, and uh, yeah, they, the floor price has been rising. So that's something to watch as you're looking at getting into any project. That's the, um, the third thing to look at as you're evaluating an NFT project is utility. A utility is what does the NFT give you? So I mentioned a few examples. It could give you whitelist into future events or it could uh, somehow give you another benefit. Uh, you know, a couple examples here. The Elrond Shebas is a project on Elrond where their utility is they reward you in LKMX. I think it's every week or every two weeks. Um, so just by holding it, you're, you're earning a share of all the proceeds um, for their particular project. Uh, another example of utility, the Faceless Mania is one where as you hold the uh, NFT in your wallet, you get to earn rev points, which isn't a token, but it's a thing that you can use to purchase other NFTs on their marketplace. And they've just released a really interesting set of what they call allies, uh, where you've got a Meyer Punk or a Nogon or another kind of NFT in the Faceless Mini style. And so that's an interesting utility. Uh, you know, there's, there could be other utilities like, you know, uh, Basie on Ethereum. Uh, there, they have particular events that are exclusive that you can get involved in. They've even attracted um, the uh, interest and attention of celebrities. So that could be another one. You know, really think of utility as you're, you're joining community, you're joining a group. It's not just a picture that you own, but it's it's a access to this community, provable, verifiable access to the community. Next thing to evaluate is, do you enjoy the artwork? If you don't like the artwork, uh, then maybe this is a place where all the other things being equal you would choose to invest somewhere else. There's lots of NFT projects, uh, you know, across Elrond and across other chains to look at. Um, for me, artwork is important. I absolutely love the Nogon artwork and the Faceless Mini artwork. Uh, Cybers is another one that I love um, this the, the artwork of. It just it makes me happy to have it in my wallet and to see it there. Uh, so even if it went to zero, and I hope none of these projects do go to zero, there would still be that aspect of collecting something that was uh, beautiful in a particular fashion to me. And the last thing that I would say is to evaluate what their vision and their roadmap is. If they don't have an articulated vision and roadmap, it, it may be fine. Um, it may also be that they're not going to be adding anything interesting beyond the project, and it's a one and done. And sometimes those one and dones can make it more difficult to accumulate value over time. Um, so it's, you know, it's something to be aware of. It's not necessarily a deal breaker, but I do like that, you know, when I look at projects like the Faceless Mini or, you know, any of the Nogen partners, uh, they've got ideas for what the roadmap looks like and they're planning new and interesting things. Whether they succeed or not, you know, that's a whole different topic, but at least they're planning and they're trying some of these things. Um, got a great question here from Fantastico. Um, have you found that any other layers project have as much utilities in the NFTs versus Elrond? Um, so I think generally uh, this 
um, utility in other projects tends to skew more to the ones with a, a lot deeper of history and experience. Let's say Ethereum has a lot of interesting utility that they're building in a lot of interesting ways of working with um, NFTs. I'm not as familiar overall with all the projects on Ethereum because frankly, I'm not willing to pay $1,000 in gas just to get an NFT. <laughs> that, that's my choice, right? Um, and yeah, so I'd say Auron definitely is my favorite uh, ecosystem, but there's a lot of other places that have that in uh, that utility built in. Uh, something you'll get with uh, Ethereum as well is it tends to have the interest right now of the uh, mainstream, you know, as much as NFTs are in the mainstream. So you've got celebrities, you've got big brands are releasing NFTs. I think Budweiser just released a series of NFTs. And so they're playing in that space and they're starting with Ethereum and OpenSea for better or for worse. And lastly, stay safe. The most important thing as you're looking to invest any of your hard-earned money is to do it as safely as you can. Even though the investment in NFTs itself is speculative and there's no guarantee that any of the projects will succeed, you can still take basic steps to be as safe as you're able. So the first step that you can take is to use a wallet just for your NFTs. This is a lot more important if you're on Ethereum. Like, please, 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 on Ethereum, be very, very careful and separate your funds from your NFTs. Um, but even if you're on a, a blockchain like Auron, which is typically more secure uh, from the NFT perspective because you own the asset itself and don't need to engage with smart contracts, you might be in a rush to mint. You might not read the the full uh, you know transaction that's there. You might get sent to a site that's not the actual mint site, even if you're paying attention to everything. And so separate it from your core funds. It's just good defense in depth. Second thing to do is to check the authenticity before buying. On the secondary markets, you know, it, it could be that you're not even buying the project that you're looking at. So just double check, take a few more seconds, pause and breathe before you, you know, click buy and spend five e-gold on that perfect NFT. Make sure it's from the actual collection itself. Uh, do the research beyond the artwork. I've given you a couple um, ideas on things to look for around roadmap and community and the team. Um, if you love the artwork and you've got the money just for the artwork, that's great, that's fine. Um, but I would encourage you to go beyond just looking at the art to what other utility and benefits that, that it offers you. And lastly, I encourage everyone here, and I think most of the folks uh, watching this right now on the Alron network, is to use an NFT platform with NFTs on native assets. Uh, this excludes Ethereum but does include chains like uh, Cardano or an Alrond. It's something to be very careful of. I popped up one of my favorite NFTs here, which is from the Elemental Assassins. This is Bolin. Uh, this is one of their collections that, that they had. Um, it just He makes me smile every time I see him, the gathering of the energy there. Um, I feel like I am somewhat of an art collector myself. So how do you get started? I'm gonna step you through all of these in just a second. But basically the way to get started is to go ahead and install the Meyer app. And I'll show you the Meyer app in some of the examples that I'm going to use uh, in just a second. Uh, the next thing to do is to look for mints. Mints generally, if you're involved in crypto Twitter, uh, you'll find links to discords where you can start to learn about the mints uh, and the mint dates. These often sell out very quickly for popular projects. I think Drifters sold out in less than five minutes. Um, there was a couple other ones that sell out in one or two minutes. So you've got to be really on it if you, you're looking to mint. But secondary markets are there. You can always get involved at any time in a secondary market. Um, so I'm going to jump ahead and let me see if I can do this. This will be the first time.
for me going ahead and sharing my entire screen so you can see what I'm doing on my phone. Give me just a second as I'm um, looking to project my phone onto the screen so you can see both from the website as well as from the phone. Great. And there we go. We also have a very special guest with us that I'm going to invite to, to join us as well. Um, Going to welcome uh, Dennis here. Dennis is the founder and creator of Cyber Assassins. Uh, we're going to be minting a cyber today. <laughs> hi, 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 Vanessa. Thanks for for having me in, and hi to to everyone that's uh, watching the stream right now. Yeah, welcome. Uh, so let me see if I can go ahead and share. I'm going to share my entire screen so you can see uh, everything I've got here, and then I'm going to. Great. So what you should see here is, I'll close my Twitter as well, so you don't have to see that. You should see uh, one of the secretary markets, uh, Dead Rare. You should also see my phone. So this is my phone. This is the Meyer app. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with uh, Meyer, um, it's got a number of different sections here. You can see how much uh, you know e-gold that you've got, particular in the app. You can take a look at your wallet and all the transactions that came through it. Uh, my favorite portion is on the profile here. If you scroll down to the profile, you can see all your NFTs. So these are NFTs that I have previously purchased. Um, they're over here in the app. Um, I've got some random ones. Um, here's one that I was in with the mint for, the Babies DJ and Ape. And you can see it's got a, a few different tags here, and it'll show you the history. Uh, let me see if I can grab another one. Well, this is one of the original Cyber Assassins here. Um, and so these, this is one of the uh, ones that I love. This is a gold cyber assassin. So this is one of the more rare ones. But let's jump ahead to the secondary market here. So this is dead rare. A couple other secondary markets that we have are, uh, this is trust market. So trust market is a very popular secondary market as well, uh, as in as is Isengard, as well as frameit.gg. Um, so these are all good places to go and look for NFTs. I tend to use myself dead rare and trust market the most when I'm looking for NFTs. Uh, your experience coming here, uh, if you were to buy an NFT. So I'm just going to jump down and let's take a look. Since we have Dennis online here, let's go have a, have a look for Cyber, see what they've got. So we've got Cybers V1. This is actually a really awesome collection. Um, you can see... The concept I was talking about earlier of floor price, uh, 1.65 e-gold is the floor, floor price for this one here. Um, if I were to want to purchase one of these, I can come here and I can see uh, more details on this one here and choose to buy it. When I go and buy it, I have the option now to purchase it through the Meyer app by connecting the wallet. So when I go ahead and Click that, I'll get a QR code. I press that big Alrond icon in the middle, say Wallet Connect. And then it'll go through the steps of connecting. So here you can see that it's wanting permission from Deirdre to be able to view my wallet balance and activity and request approval for transactions. So I'm really giving it read-only access right now 
to my wallet. I'm going to go ahead and approve that. Um, generally, that I like the way that Elrond separates the read access from the you know spending and transaction access. So you one have to trust the place that you you're going to. In this case, dead rare, um, and then two you have to choose. Uh, to be able to purchase something. So maybe I'm not particularly uh, wanting to buy a rare assassin right now because I have a few of those already. Uh, maybe I'd like to come and see the list of all the rankings here and say, oh, okay, um, Faceless Man is a project I'm excited about. Let's go and see what their floor price is. Okay, 1.8, that's a little bit higher. Um, here, when I click on it, I can see the metadata that I was talking about before. It's got a, a lot of different aspects to it. You can see how rare it is for each of them. Um, on some collections, you also have a ranking. So you can see here, this is ranked 4687 out of about 8,000. There's a concept called sniping, where if you sort by the highest rank, you can see some are priced very high. There's 75 e-gold, that's a little more than I have right now. Um, but as you go down, you could say, well, maybe this one here is a pretty good deal because it's ranked number 181, but it's only 7.75 e-gold, whereas some of the ones that are ranked lower than that are actually charged more for. So that could be a place you could look to to find people who are giving away rarer items um, at a, a potentially a discount. But let's get to the mint. Um, I am going to go and mint a neon cyber. So the first thing I do is I want to make sure I'm coming from the correct place. So this is the neon cyber's Twitter. And you can see they're, they're sharing uh, some of the folks who've minted already. This is a very cool design. And I've got the mint link here, which is on Trust Market. So if you go to Trust Market slash buy slash cybers in action, I'm hoping they haven't sold out. Looks like they've been just over a thousand minted oh. so far. <laughs> yeah, we just started. <laughs> so I wish for a, for a great drop <laughs> for you because it's also live. <laughs> so I really hope a complex background for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it'll be. I'm really looking forward to that as well. <laughs> um, so, what you can see here, this is very typical of your minting experience, right? It'll tell you how many there are. Um, you know, there's still 9,000, so I'm not going to rush through all of this. There's still a couple left. It'll tell you the cost. This one's, you know, 0.7 e gold. Uh, generally, give you a sense of the kind of NFTs that you'll get. In this particular case, I don't know what I'm going to get. You know, I'm hoping for a complex background. Those tend to be more rare, and I'll show you uh, a way to look at all the ranked ones um, in just a second. So, yeah, what I would do, go ahead and log in. Very similar concept. I'd log in via Myr, which is the app itself. That'll give me a QR code. I'll hit the Wallet Connect button, and then I'm going to point my camera at the QR. That's what's happening now. This is Trust Market saying we'd like to view your wallet balance and activity. I'm going to go ahead and um, approve that. Can't click on the screen. Great. So now I'm all ready to go and mint an NFT. Um, wow. So you can see already just in the last little bit, 40 people have come through and, and minted. So um, I better get my NFT quickly. I'm going to click Mint NFT. Now you can see it's asking for confirmation in the app. So this two-step process increases the security. So one, you're logged in, but two, in order to actually process the transaction, in this case, send 0.7 eGold over, which is roughly $96, I'm going to have to confirm the transaction here. So I'm going to go, go ahead and sign it. It's going to ask for my pen or face ID, and the transaction has been signed. So great, now I'm just waiting for my NFT to come through. You can see the minting is in process here. Um, most NFTs mint on-chain. Uh, which means that it's actually minted while I'm waiting through a smart contract on the chain. Uh, and so it's picking what the characteristics are and um, hopefully I'll get a real one, we'll see. 
I've had um, differing luck in terms of whether I'm actually going to be able to view the one that I just minted here. So <laughs> let's see if trust I mean, market holds. I mean, in. yeah, it, uh, the the information metadata uh, metadata it's um, taking a little bit to upload and uh, be available. So hopefully it's uh, available soon for you. Cool. Now does it show up in trust market here, or is there? Do I have to go and and look for it some other way? You need to go into your wallet. Basically, it's uh, under my NFTs on the Great. tab. So you so see it uh, there. So I can confirm here by disconnecting. So I'm disconnecting from uh, Trust Market. Now I have a, a lot of Neon Cybers NFTs because I was very fortunate to be part of the, the airdrop here. Um, but I'm actually going to show you a little trick. Um, I'm going to bounce over here to um, Dead Rare again. And Dead Rare have a, a really nice way of viewing the NFTs in your collection. So I'm again going to connect with him. Um, and the thing I like about Dead Rare's viewer is it allows you to actually view it um, by category here. So I can view all the different NFTs I have and you can see my collection. Uh, I enjoy NFTs. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I've got a couple here. Uh, my, my One of my favorites, Elemental Assassins, just gorgeous, gorgeous art. Love it. Um, okay, we're going to scroll all the way down to where's Neon Cybers. Neon Cybers, here we go. So this is my collection. Um, I don't actually know which one it was that I just minted. I think uh, it should be uh, one 1045. Is this the one I just got? Yeah. Awesome, yeah. So let's click on it and take a look here. So I'm not going to sell it because I just minted it and I want to keep it. Um, you can see the cool green background. It's uh, Look at the it's level 80. I don't know if that's good or not yet. I'm not sure what the uh, characteristics are going to be. 93 endurance. Okay, maybe I'm going to be a tank, pretty high speed. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, lots of different characteristics. I'll compare it to you know some other ones here. Didn't get a complex background, so maybe I need to mint another one. We'll have to see about that. <laughs> uh, how how did you find the, the experience of meeting on Trust Market right now? Uh, because I know they did a couple, a lot of updates in the past week and uh, improved the meeting experience quite a lot. It's been very very smooth. Um, many of the places I found that tried to mint on their own website, it was a little bit less smooth. Um, so, you, you know, your mileage may vary. Uh, something that's important to note here on Dead Rare, this rank. This rank is only out of all the ones that have been minted currently. Um, I believe, Dennis, you can correct yes, me. Yes, uh, and this is true because basically with the on-chain minting, um, the metadata is being um, say interpreted by the marketplaces like Dead Rare or Trust Market for the NFTs that are minted, right? So if we have like 2,000 NFTs minted, those 2,000 would have certain ranks. But at the moment, uh, someone or a bunch of people are minting another 1,000 NFTs, the occurrences of the trades inside the collection will uh, suffer some changes. So basically, the ranks will change. So this is now number like 322 out of 1,045, roughly. Um, and that might change. Okay, that's an interesting concept for you to be aware of because you may be tempted to go to the secondary market and say like, oh, let's see, let's actually see if they're, do you, do you have them on dead rare yet? Uh, yes, around dead rare. I think a couple let's of them already yeah. listed. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you might be tempted to come here and say, let's go for the highest rank, but be very, very careful because this is rank number 42 out of 1,045. The, the next... 8,500 that are minted 
could all come at a higher rank than this one. So you might you might be actually paying seven e gold for not rank forty forty two. You might be paying seven e gold for rank you know four thousand and forty two. So be very very cautious there. So this this is a risk everyone should should be aware of for all collection using metadata, which right now it's a standard uh, until the sold out right. When everything is being minted, um, these ranks should not be something uh, for you to take some some uh, financial decisions, right? So pay a little bit more because it's rank one with the risk of dropping to rank, I don't know, 100 at some point. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so that, that's really good advice. Uh, so I'd love to know, Dennis, like how has the mint been? It's been just under an hour, right? Maybe an hour and a half? Oh. Yeah. An hour and a half, something like that. Yeah, I think we're happy with the progress so far. We had um, our first um, trigger, let's say, of the community stretch goal that was um, was decided with our cybers, right? So um, what's this goal about? Uh, every 1,000 uh, neons minted, uh, we just perform a snapshot and the, the NFT with the lowest rarity score, right, um, will be chosen. And the owner of that NFT will take will receive a second NFT from our side, right? Just to take uh, a little bit out of the bitterness <laughs> of minting the lowest uh, the lowest score, right? So this is one of the of the um, goals that we have in um, basically the entire minting campaign. It's like a new project for us. We have so so many mechanisms implemented and um, cannot wait to to trigger all of them. That's amazing. So now I'm going to hope that I've got the lowest one. <laughs> that's, that's a, yeah, a little bit different than the, the, the yeah, regular way of thinking. In terms of far, farming and passive income, um, I think it's a, they are lucky <laughs> by being unlucky because they will farm double the, the yield, basically. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let me share. This is the the great graphic that you all put together, which is the the stretch goals. So, do you want to talk us through the stretch goals for, yeah, for sure. cybers? So, what it's not in here um, because it's the 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 community stretch goal that was added uh, today. Basically, the every one k um, NFT minted, NFT is minted. We just drop uh, one NFT to the unluckiest uh, guy who minted. <laughs> but besides that, um, we have a couple milestones here defined. For example, uh, once we reach 3,000 NFTs minted, we'll activate the, the option to buy with locked max. There are a lot of, of uh, members within the community who put um, their funds into locked max because of the higher yield received. And maybe they want the, the chance to mint also with uh, locked max. The biggest milestone for us is uh, mid-campaign. Um, once the Neon 5000 is minted, why? Because at that point, we will trigger our next phase of, uh, of the passive income mechanisms. The boost on, on the rewards will be quite high um, because we will just use the sales from the collection uh, to stake it into farms and then reward the, the holders. Yeah, so this and, is what I was talking about earlier when I said look to utility in a project. This is a great example where I know if I just hold a Neon Cyber and, and we get to this 5,000 that's minted, uh, then I'm going to have the benefits of being part of the community. One of the benefits is it's what 60 or 80% of the the funds get put into a farm and I'll, I'll be able to earn passive income from that farm. Mm -hmm. 
Cool. Yeah. So uh, anything else you'd like to share about the, the Neon Cybers and the Mints while we've got a few folks online here? And if you all have any questions for myself or Dennis, please pop them into chat. More than happy to talk about it. So what's uh, what's done here? I mean, for the rest of the milestone, you can see some lottery um, rewards for, for the holders activation on second step of Lockmax uh, buy and so forth. Um, what is not in here, um, we're preparing for Metaverse um, next year. And one step until there, it's, uh, it's our 3D collection. A perk of this uh, 2D collection that's being live right now uh, with minting is that for every 2D Neon Cyber that you will hold at some point, roughly quarter three, uh, will airdrop a 3D Neon Cyber, right? So the minimum supply will be 10,000 to reward the, the holders of the 10,000 2D Neon Cybers, and then just will um, push for adoption, increase the, the maximum supply in order to, to increase our pool base of community members. That's so a fantastic is, uh, yeah. benefit. I mean, I'm sure the 3D ones are going to be amazingly awesome. <laughs> so, you know, if you if you believe in cybers, uh, this would be a good time to kind of pop on and, and, and take a look. The, the Mint is still going. Um, anything else you want to share before we sign off, Dennis? Uh, nothing from my side. <laughs> Pretty much this is, uh, this is uh, at a high level everything that I wanted to share. Um, what can I say? Enjoy your experience with Aaron NFTs. Always um, do your research, join Discord servers. Uh, the community is really, really friendly. Um, ask questions as many as possible. Someone will answer it at some <laughs> point. So, um, and yeah, enjoy the experience with us. Yes, awesome. Thank you. And you know, follow Dennis and myself um, on on Twitter. Um, I'm Technology Poet. Dennis, what's your your Cybers in Action? Is the Cybers project, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, First and, and last name, Denis Raskaraki, <laughs> if I were to, to spell it <laughs> into into Romanian um, vocals. So, yeah, maybe I can write it in chat so it's easier for, for the folks to... But yeah, if you want to just it. drop a, a link in chat, that's great. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone, good luck on your NFT journey. Uh, stay safe, ask questions. We're, we're all here to support you. I think, uh, you know, from my perspective, Aurond has a bright future. And I'm hoping that NFTs are going to be part of that, that future and that, you know, we'll all get to form community through all of it. <laughs> I'll see you all later. Cheers. Cheers.